Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Dinsmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, June 4th. We are rapidly approaching the Biblical Feast of Shavuot. Here are some of the spiritual themes associated with this feast. The rabbis teach that the God of Israel married the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. The rabbis teach that the house of Jacob is like an adulterous wife to the God of Israel. The church was actually born at Mount Sinai and then reborn in Acts 2. The original marriage or Torah covenant was given at Mount Sinai and the renewed covenant at Pentecost is associated with the house of Jacob and Mount Zion. Shavuot is associated with the renewed covenant and having a change of heart. The rabbis understand that there is a marriage relationship between the God of Israel and his people, the house of Jacob. And now for our Omer count. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kitshanu mitzvotah zivanu al-sepirat ha-omer. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. Hayom yom echad la-omer. Today is the 49th day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, the Midbar, and it means in the wilderness. Numbers 4, 1-20 Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Record the names of the members of the clans and families of the Kohathite division of the tribe of Levi. List all the men between the ages of thirty and fifty who are eligible to serve in the tabernacle. The duties of the Kohathites at the tabernacle will relate to the most sacred objects. When the camp moves, Aaron and his sons must enter the tabernacle first to take down the inner curtain and cover the Ark of the Covenant with it. Then they must cover the inner curtain with fine goatskin leather and spread over that a single piece of blue cloth. Finally, they must put the carrying poles of the ark in place. Next, they must spread a blue cloth over the table where the bread of the presence is displayed, and on the cloth they will place the bowls, pans, jars, pitchers, and the special bread. They must spread a scarlet cloth 
over all of this and finally a covering of fine goatskin leather on top of the scarlet cloth. Then they must insert the carrying poles into the table. Next, they must cover the lampstand with a blue cloth along with its lamps, lamp snuffers, trays, and special jars of olive oil. Then they must cover the lampstand and its accessories with fine goatskin leather and place the bundle on a carrying frame. Next, they must spread a blue cloth over the gold incense altar and cover this cloth with fine goatskin leather. Then they must attach the carrying poles to the altar. They must take all the remaining furnishings of the sanctuary and wrap them in a blue cloth, cover them with fine goatskin leather, and place them on the carrying frame. They must remove the ashes from the altar for sacrifices and cover the altar with a purple cloth. All the altar utensils, the firepans, meat forks, shovels, basins, and all the containers must be placed on the cloth and a covering of fine goatskin leather must be spread over them. Finally, they must put the carrying poles in place. The camp will be ready to move when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the sacred articles. The Kohathites will come and carry these things to the next destination, but they must not touch the sacred objects or they will die. So, these are the things from the tabernacle that the Kohathites must carry. Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, will be responsible for the oil of the lampstand, the fragrant incense, the daily grain offering, and the anointing oil. In fact, Eleazar will be responsible for the entire tabernacle and everything in it, including the sanctuary and its furnishings. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Do not let the Kohathite clans be destroyed from among the Levites. This is what you must do, so they will live and not die when they approach the most sacred objects. Aaron and his sons must always go in with them and assign a specific duty, or load, to each person. The Kohathites must never enter the sanctuary to look at the sacred objects for even a moment, or they will die. Second Samuel twenty-two, one to twenty-three, twenty-three. David sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, "The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection." He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my Savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise. He saved me from my enemies. The waves of death overwhelmed me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its robes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the heavens shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. 
glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dense rain clouds. A great brightness shone around him, and burning coals blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then, at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen, and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hated me. They looked for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I ground them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trampled them in the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You preserved me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. Foreign nations cringe before me as soon as they hear of me. They submit. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May God 
the rock of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. These are the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, speaks. David, the man who was raised up so high. David, the man anointed by the God of Jacob. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His words are upon my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The Rock of Israel said to me, The one who rules righteously, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of morning at sunrise, like a morning without clouds, like the gleaming of the sun on new grass after rain. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. But the godless are like thorns to be thrown away, for they tear the hand that touches them. One must use iron tools to chop them down. They will be totally consumed by fire. These are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Jashobim the Hakamite, who was leader of the three, the three mightiest warriors among David's men. He once used his spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. Next in rank among the three was Eleazar son of Dodai, a descendant of Ahoah. Once Eleazar and David stood together against the Philistines when the entire Israelite army had fled. He killed Philistines until his hand was too tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that day. The rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. Next in rank was Shammah, son of Agi from Harar. One time the Philistines gathered at Lehi and attacked the Israelites in a field full of lentils. The Israelite army fled, but Shammah held his ground in the middle of the field and beat back the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. These are examples of the exploits of the three. Abishai, son of Zeruah, 
the brother of Joab, was the leader of the thirty. He once used his spear to kill three hundred enemy warriors in a single battle. It was by such feats that he became as famous as the three. Abishai was the most famous of the thirty and was their commander, though he was not one of the three. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior from Kabzeel. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time, on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. Once armed only with a club, he killed an imposing Egyptian warrior, who was armed with a spear. Benaiah wrenched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with it. Deeds like these made Benaiah as famous as the three mightiest warriors. He was more honored than the other members of the thirty, though he was not one of the three. And David made him captain of his bodyguard. Acts 2, 1-47 On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, There was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what appeared like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, and the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem, When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people, Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my Spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed 
Yeshua the Nazarene by doing great miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Yeshua was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Yeshua from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven. Yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Yeshua, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Yeshua for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Psalm 122, 1-9 I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord, as the law requires of Israel. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for the peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. Proverbs 16, 19 and 20 Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Acts chapter 2. And this ties into Shavuot or Pentecost. And Shavuot or Pentecost is tomorrow, June the 5th. So let's just review. When the children of Israel left Egypt, and 50 days later, after crossing through the Red Sea and leaving Egypt, they arrived at the base of Mount Sinai, and Moses went up to Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. Then he brought those Ten Commandments down on two stone tablets to the people. But in that time that he was away, their hearts wandered, and they wondered what happened to Moses, and where is God? Where is he? So they built a golden calf and began to worship this golden calf. Now, the fact that the Ten Commandments were written upon two stone tablets is a remez hint of the condition of their hearts. The people's hearts were stony. So even though they had physically left Egypt, they still had Egypt inside of them. And so then, throughout the history of the children of Israel, as you read through the Bible, in uh, the story of David and Solomon and all the succeeding kings, and then the kingdom split with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, throughout all those centuries, we see that the children of Israel, their hearts wander far from Yahweh and from his Torah, until finally... The Lord evicts them and kicks them out of the land, both the northern and the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom went into exile to Babylon for 70 years, and then after 70 years, a remnant of them returned. The northern kingdom went into exile, were taken away into captivity to Assyria, and from there they were scattered to all nations of the earth, and they have never returned. And so the Lord saw this. He saw that there was a problem, and he he decided to fix the problem. And he saw that the problem was not with the Torah. The problem was with their stony hearts, that they had hearts of stone. And so he decided he would fix that. And so how he fixed it is on Pentecost, Shavuot, 50 days after the receiving of the Ten Commandments, 
um, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit then takes out the heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh so that the Torah, the Word of God, is no longer an external source. It's no longer externally written upon stone tablets or upon a Torah scroll or upon pages of a book. But now the Holy Spirit begins to write the Word of God upon your heart. Your heart becomes a tablet. And so instead of an external tablet, it's an internal tablet. And so in Ezekiel 36, verse 26, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. Why? The purpose of why he puts his spirit within us? To cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And there's a promise associated with this. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Basically, there was a marriage at Mount Sinai. Then, when the people were evicted out of the land, that was the divorce, the certificate of divorce, because of their harlotry, their unfaithfulness. And then there's a remarriage at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And so that's what we're seeing happen here, is that the outpouring of the Spirit, it's a change of heart. And now the Torah is being internalized into their hearts. And so whosoever believes in Yeshua and receives him as their Savior, whosoever, it's for any, it's for all, anyone who wishes, who desires, who wants to follow the God of Israel, can have this covenant marriage relationship with the God of Israel. And so as we come into Shavuot, at sunset tonight it begins, going into Sunday, June the 5th. I pray that you have a fresh, new encounter with the God of Israel, that His Holy Spirit will come upon you, immerse you, soak you, um, rest upon you in a fresh, new way. And that if there are any places in your heart or mine that have become stony or hardened, that we would repent and that his Holy Spirit would remove those stony places, that the soil of our heart would be plowed up and made soft and fertile and ready to receive more seed, which is the word of God. Have a blessed Shavuot, Pentecost, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Adonai, <speaking in Hebrew>
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>